Welcome to the City Light Family Podcast, a podcast for ministry leaders, young and old. Our aim is to equip you for the work of ministry and encourage you along the way. Hey, we're back. Uh, I'm Chris. This is Jared. And uh, what are we talking about today, Jared? We're talking about the idea of identity. Come on. Uh, identity in Christ, especially as ministry leaders. And um, this is an important issue. Can I just say that? Like, I think we personally have probably both had our insecurities about who, who we are in Christ. Just one or two one or times. Two, right. Yeah, I and, think. And so we would like to tell you, we're going to give you the secret sauce today, one verse that's going to solve all of your identity issues. But I think what we're going to flush out is this is something you never graduate from and consistently have to revisit. Um, so why is this a problem? Like, why do we even need to talk about this? You yeah, know? yeah. So I think um, for people, all people, yeah. but even people in ministry, or maybe especially people in ministry, this is a big deal because um, kind of like we talked about last time, we are up in front of people, we're around yeah. people, people are looking at us. And so there's a temptation to put forward an impressive exterior. Yeah. Like we're performing, right? Yeah. Um, and if we perform good, we feel good. And if yes. we perform bad, we feel bad. Yes. But there's a different paradigm that we mm. learn in the gospel. But the, the the temptation is for us to walk around putting together that impressive interior while our exterior, while at the same time, uh, when we do that, we're walking around with this like kind of question mark inside yeah. of like, yeah. wait, am I, am I really okay? Like, do other people really like me and approve of me? Yeah. Do I have what it takes? Am I actually good enough? And by default, when we walk around like that, we are uh, fragile inside, we're insecure, yes. it like messes with our heads. And if people are in ministry, or if we're doing that, we essentially walk into every room uh, and it becomes a test for us. Yes. And we walk onto every stage, you know, whether we're speaking, giving announcements, leading worship, whatever, and it becomes this test, this proving ground mm. for us. And it's a horrible place to live. Yes. Um, and it just like eats away at our souls. And, and we do kind of crazy stuff when you do yes. that. Yes. And God invites us to live in a different way, different a way. better way in the gospel. And so, um, it's a big deal. Yes. I think, I think it literally affects every minute of every day. Yes. Yes. Every relationship is going to impact it uh, horizontally when you, when you drift from your vertical understanding of who you are in life. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, I think just to be upfront right away, we desire, I know Jared and I both, that everyone, a part of say like family in ministry, people in general, that they're doing for Jesus would be flowing out of their their, um, their identity in Christ. Their activity would come from their identity, right? Yeah. So um, we want people to know who they are, not yeah. just what are you supposed to be doing, right. but who are you in Christ? Yeah. Uh, and how does that uniquely now yeah. inform how we live and what we do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we often get those messed up. So yeah. I know one of the things we talked about is just dropping some symptoms. So we can, if you're listening, how do you diagnose do I have an identity problem? Am I just, am I busy? Is what's going on? Not just, I, I need to figure out new, some new thing, but I need to remember who I am. So some identity symptoms, if you don't know exactly uh, who you are in Christ, how does this impact really every other relationship, how we work? Like you said, I think there's a couple symptoms. Yep. The first is that you're gonna overwork and you're not gonna make time for rest. Yeah, do you're people in ministry <clears throat> do that? They ever overwork? <laughs> no one ever looks tired. No. They always look well yeah. rested, really healthy boundaries, <laughs> really carved out times of just me and Jesus. So Finishing often, those sermons at 1 a.m. Oh, in the morning. Fit, yeah, I always have them done I mean, by yep, Thursday. Yep. And no, oftentimes it's over overworking, little time for spiritual rest. And 
why is that? The source problem, the root problem is we keep thinking my acceptance with God is tied to what I do for him. Mm. And if I'm not constantly producing content, if I'm not impressive, if I'm not keeping up with what someone else is doing, then I have the ability to forfeit God's love and approval. Uh, And so you're really operating as an orphan or a slave or servant, Mm. but not as a son or daughter. So another one would be maybe we're tempted to hide, right? Like, so exactly what you said, show the best, keep the worst here, because what if people really knew? And so I can't be just another forgiven sinner in the family of God covered by the righteousness of Christ. I have to be, Externally, I have to look gifted and strong and pure and put together. And it affects what we put on social media, how we talk to people, when we smile. You know, there's no room for brokenness and sadness. And I think that's especially one for people in ministry that because they're like, we, well, we're in ministry. So we have to lead people. We have to have it together. And so the temptation to hide is probably even the pressure is higher for people in ministry. 100%. I put this as another one playing it safe. So like, it's interesting when you don't know who you are, you don't want to take gospel filled risks. So if you fail, the worst thing, if you don't know who you are is you want to look successful and you want to be a winner. And so you're so afraid of what we'd call failure. What if no one shows up to the event? What if no one goes to the church plant? What if no one responds to this content we put out? What if, what if we fail? And that becomes paralyzing yeah. because then that's not just something that I did that didn't maybe go well. Yeah. That's something I am. Yeah. I, I am now a failure. Yeah. And so mm. you you stop taking gospel-centered risks risk because you don't know who you are. And and so that's that becomes a whole nother thing. Any other symptoms that you'd say, hey, we I personally, um, I, I've seen these symptoms in me or in others, yeah. Uh, well, I think um, we sometimes start relying on ourselves yes. and we, uh, forget the Bible, forget the powerful (laughs) word of God, uh, forget the fact that I need to pray about this. I'm going to begin to just uh, rely on myself. So we have lives in ministry uh, that are marked by little prayer. There's like little communion with God. Um, We just need to, you know, all of a sudden become impressive people by just our doing like you talked about before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you ever felt the demand? Like I, I, I notice this sometimes I'm in staff meetings or with people and people, you know, it could be a really well-intentioned leader, somebody I look up to and somebody I admire. And there's this moment where they do exactly what they should do. They, they see a leader who's done something in the room and say, hey, I want to celebrate the way you humbly took out the trash after church. No one saw it, but I was driving and I saw you do it. And I just gotta say, I saw Christ's humility in you. And and there's part of me that says, that's awesome. And there's part of me that says, why didn't you say anything about me? <laughs> you know, And why didn't you see what I did? Yeah. And it's in those moments that I realize I'm operating like an orphan. Yeah. I, The father has approval for me. Yeah. The father saw what I did. Yeah. But when I transfer, when I, when I, when that voice of who I am in Christ starts to become too small, I start to demand it from friends. I demand it from pastors. I demand it from elders. Uh, I need to have their approval because I feel like, you know, that's great that somebody else got approval, but I need that for me, yeah. and I need to hear it from you. Yeah. And it becomes this idol where yeah. we become these demanding, insecure little creatures yeah. looking for affirmation and really sensitive to any criticism or feedback Yeah, because we're disconnected from 
the rooted and anchoredness of who yeah. God says we are. So does, anyways, yeah, I just want to own that. Yeah. It does crazy things to our heart too. Cause I yes. mean, think of what that does, like what kind of pressure that puts on other people to all of a sudden, like fill us up all yes. the time. When they don't, then our hearts turn to a weird place toward them. Like what? You don't care about me. Yes. You know? And then you become the weird friend or the, <laughs> like, it's just like your place, your heart goes weird places. Your mind goes weird places. Yes when we're looking for identity in other, in other places. Mm -hmm. I heard uh, one pastor say not too long ago, he says that with the identity thing, if, if you get this wrong, you wither. If you get this right, you flourish. Mm. Wow. And it's just like, it, there's uh, all that to say, there's a lot at stake, I feel like, I to agree. the identity thing. I agree. And I, I think the reason, Jared, just to be really honest with those listening in the City Light family and out, outside <laughs> of it, but the reason this is literally the second podcast we're ever doing is because we see it so valuable. Yeah. Um, we've unfortunately made mistakes as young leaders measuring our value and worth by our giftedness, yeah. by the size of the crowd, yeah. um, relying on the affirmation of older or younger leaders. And what that does is toxicity to the soul. Uh, it, it burns you out, you lose joy, uh, it puts you on a never ending treadmill. And it, like you said, everything becomes an arena to impress. And it's a it's not a healthy place for leaders to be. And so it's our desire to avoid those ditches. Yeah. We're all gonna slide back into them, but we've gotta be people that remember who we are mm. in Christ, what he's done for us, who he's made us, the security and delight we have in him. Um, but man, it, it it's an issue that matters. So yeah. Jared, what are some common places that like even as these folks think about their own hearts, um, but even the, those who they're pastoring and discipling, what are some places of misplaced identity, right? So you're, we're all grasping for identity. Yep. You're gonna go somewhere to find it. Yep, so totally. what are misplaced uh, places of identity? Yeah, I think there's some really common ones that we yep. have. Um, so here are a couple examples. Uh, the first one maybe being, I am what I have. Yes. So it's this idea of materialism. So you're chasing after some sort of worth, you know, identity yes. from the things that you have, the car you drive, the mm -hmm. house. So you're trying to be impressive, and this sometimes you have to all of a sudden flaunt this on Instagram, or whatever yes. social media post, because you feel the lack. Yep. You feel something missing, and so we're going to go to things, the things yes. that we have on. Yep. Not a good idea. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and this has been we're shaped and formed. We always talk about this. We are people of process. You and I know. Mm. And, and so everyone in our churches and in our own hearts, we are we are not static creatures. And we are constantly being marketed. You are a consumer yeah. of goods and services. And what you consume and what you have, that gives you your status in this society. Yeah. And so I used to live in this neighborhood, but now I live in this neighborhood. Yeah. I used to drive this car. Now, now I can wear these clothes. And it, it's this, if I just wear the more valuable brand, it makes me more valuable. Mm. And so we see people getting washed in this mm -hmm. all the time. Um, another one would be, I, I am what I can do. So performance. Yeah. And by the way, we again are being shaped in this. The world is trying to shape people to perform for their place and their value. Everything from sports teams, both of us play basketball. Yeah. You know, I think about how I would view the coach coming off the court. If I had a good game, it's a high five, a hug, yeah. great game champ. If I had a horrible game, it's an awkward eye contact, knowing that I might've lost the coach the game. Yeah. And so, so you're just being shaped and formed that if I play well, if I do well, then things go well yeah. and I, I have value. And so just the, we see this in ministry as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah totally. And it's, it's like the, the water we swim in, right? Yes. Like we, <clears throat> in American culture, we 
celebrate people. We give people accolades, not for being me- mediocre, but right. for doing an amazing yes. job. And so we celebrate those people. All of a sudden we're like, oh, I want to I want to be celebrated. So I want right. to be one of those people. And so mm. totally, yeah, look to performance. It's yeah. a big thing in ministry as well. Maybe the next one is... I am who I know. Yes. So there's this idol of uh, popularity. We want to be associated with certain people. Yes. We feel a sense of lack in ourselves. And yeah. so, hey, let me find a confident person. Let me find a person with a lot of followers. Maybe find a person who has a lot of like relational capital with other people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to link my wagon or hitch my wagon to them. And now all of a sudden I can by default somehow. Have status yeah. and know who I am. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I am how I look. This is big one. Controlling the outside, right? It's it's another way of I'm <laughs> I'm going to dress a certain way. I'm going to work on the muscles. I'm going to get my hair right. I, I don't have hair, so that's a problem. But but that this is, this yeah. the temptation is to control and manicure the external so that we can internally find value. And by the way, the world is great at selling this lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, an entire beauty market yeah. um, that is creating eating disorders and all kinds of other problems. Um, but it's, it's again, we can find it in ministry. And by the way, we're not above this. Um, the, the I am how I look, we, we try to control what people see uh, on our social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't wanna share the worst. We have all of these different ways of not just uh, controlling our physical vanity, but how people view us overall. And so it's image management yeah. because we're trying to portray an image. So anyways, that that's another one, but uh, we'll keep it rolling. And maybe, yeah, maybe the final one is uh, I am how I feel. Yes. So we have these emotions. We all have emotions. Some of oh, us yeah. ignore them. Yes. Uh, but uh, there's a sense in which we're like led and guided by these. So whatever our emotions are telling us in the moment, that's going to determine uh, like who we are. Do I feel do I feel confident? Do I feel like right. I'm winning? Do I feel whatever? And so we kind of follow that and we're a slave, like falling behind yes. this move of emotions, which that's not what emotions are ever intended no. to do. And so, yes. yeah, which can be really misguided. Unfortunately, yeah. I think that's, um, that, that idol is sneaking further into the center of our lives, right? Feelings are a good thing. Yeah. Shouldn't be on the throne of your life. Right. So, right. um, but anyways, yes, emotionalism is one. So, so those are some of the common symptoms. And what we're trying to do to, with our listeners is to say, you're going to see these in our people. Mm-hmm. These are things that we need to, they're subtle things that people would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I love yeah. God. But I just, I keep sleeping into, slipping into just no joy. I'm yeah. overworked. I'm tired. I don't know who I am. Um, I'm looking to my career to help give me definition. Or I'm looking to my kids to make me a somebody. I'm looking to this relationship to validate me. And, and really the common denominator is, oftentimes a lack of vertical relationship with God where people rightly understand the gospel doesn't just give you something to do, the gospel has made you something. Mm -hmm. So Jared, so as we think about this, there's symptoms of us not having a right identity. Yeah. Um, If we're really honest, all of us have moments where we question who we are, what's our value. Um, The question I wanna ask is where do you love to take your own heart in scripture yeah. to remember your identity in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And how do you gospel your heart in those areas? When you sit down with people to disciple them, what are some common ways you like to teach and tease out our identity in, in Christ? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I wanna pause for a second. We've, we've talked about all these things and like we don't have to live according to all these things, yeah. right? Come there on. is a different way. Jesus has, given us a new identity. And like you said, it's found in the pages of scripture. So if anyone is in Christ, Mm. they're a new creation. The old is gone. Come on. 
and the new has come. And so this idea of new creation is like this, like holistic, like, hey, we're a different person now. Mm -hmm. So that thing that creates that lack inside of us um, has been replaced by meaning, by identity. Yes. Um, You know, it it says that we have been uh, adopted. Yes. Adopted into the family of God. And so we have a father who's God who approves of us. Yes. Right? We have a savior who has forgiven us. And so we don't need to feel guilty or shameful yes. for these things. And so, um, you know, we, we need to understand those things and more than just like acknowledge them, we need to marinate our hearts and our mm. souls in those things because um, we like, we will forget. Yes. We have, you know, gospel amnesia. Yes. And so we will fall back into these old ways. And so to like, ha- to understand these gospel identity pieces and to be able to like preach them to ourselves over and over yes. and over again is the calling of the Christian and the calling of the, of the ministry leader. Right. Mm. And so you see this throughout the pages of scripture that like, there is a, like in the gospel, we were good and then we weren't good. Yes. And Jesus made us good, which is Right? Isn't yes, that? Yes, that's it. And and I think you're you're saying it rightly. Like if you actually just, I mean, I could just rattle some off, but I think what we're doing here is trying to say, even as for us as pastors, Jared, I know, you know, we can slip into this. And so I think just the fact that we've memorized these verses, I hope is communicating to our listeners, like this is a battle we fight mm-hmm. to come back to not just what our friends say about us, not what somebody on Twitter says about us, not what our bank account says about us, not even what our friends have to say about us. Those are not places we're finding our identity. We have to come back to saying, this is what scripture has said is true. The most true thing, not Mm -hmm. even what I say about me. Mm -hmm. It's the most true thing about me that I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. that um, I'm his beloved in first John, that I, because I believed in him, have been given the right to become the child of God, John chapter one, Zephaniah chapter three, that, that the father delights over me and sings over me. Um, as a father sings over a child, that's how he, he delights in the people of God. Um, I go to first Peter. Can I just rant a little bit? Like first Peter saying that we are his chosen people, a people for his own possession. You know what that means? Out of all the things that God could have, all the things that he counts most dear, the thing that he counts most dear is his church, forgiven sinners that have been made whole in Christ and orphans that have been adopted into this new spiritual family. And so it's, it's crazy the amount of freedom that gives you to get off the performance wheel, knowing that this week, whether we crush it in our marriages or ministries, that God's favor and delight over our lives does not change. Mm. Everything is movable. Yeah. Finances, health, relationships, it all moves. Yeah, The unmovable love of God, his favor, the delight of the father on us as sons, does not move. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. That's really good yeah. news. And I, I just want to remind everyone of what you just said before you quoted all those Bible verses, which are amazing. And that is these things are actually true about you. Yeah. Like it, if you're in Christ, you may be tempted to believe something else, mm. but there is a truth. Yes. And God defines it. And your gospel identity is rooted and secure. You're Come absolutely on. beloved adopted. It's, it, like it's true. Yes, yes. We have the opportunity to believe it and to live and to flourish in yeah. that. So what I want to do is like one, I mean, biblically, there's a biblical theology here. So let me just revisit, like you guys are going off New Testament, but just understand how we got there is, 
you, uh, you and I, we're all created by God. So if you go to Genesis early, right? Why is this even a problem? Why do we not know who we are? Like you've got a lot of insecure people looking in the mirrors, looking at their bank accounts, trying to figure out who we are. It all started because in Genesis, we knew who we were. Yep. We saw the face of God. That's, yeah. Do you know he spoke the whole world into existence, but he blew on dust. And the first thing that Adam saw when he opened up his eyes was the delighting look of the father. That's unbelievable. So from the very beginning, we were created to see the face of God, be known by the face of God, to hear the word of God. We knew exactly who we were and whose we were when we were in the garden. Obviously sin made that really uh, uh, dysfunctional. We get kicked out of the garden, separated from the face of God. That relationship is fractured and now we don't know whose we are and we cover ourselves in figs leaves, we blame shift, we compare, Mm. and we are searching for what makes us who we are. And then Christ comes and uh, John the Baptist is the first one that sees Christ rightly. And he says, behold the lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And then from that, he knows who he is. He knows he's not the Messiah, Mm. but he knows he's a servant of the King. And he finds his place and his identity by rightly understanding who God is. And I think that's such a model to us. Mm-hmm. Paul did that so well too. He said, I'm an ambassador for Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like he knew who he was because he knew Christ Jesus was and that anchored his purpose and his meaning. Mm-hmm. So let me just, uh, I, I guess go from here. Um, what are some practices you would encourage the people of God? Jared, is there anything that we can do as the people of God, uh, especially ministry leaders that are listening? How are they gonna be tempted to slip from this theology that we, um, would all affirm, yep. but battle with on a personal level. Anything that you do to make this move from theology we affirm to a practice we enjoy and, and we, we fight to delight and marinate, as you would say. Yeah, so I think we need to like slow down and actually address this. Like, mm-hmm. I think we feel this day in and day out. We feel the insecurity. We all of a sudden get the anxiety because we're like, oh, we got to, imp-. like we feel it quickly and we try to move on and yeah. whatever, self-medicate quickly. And I think we need to slow down and actually address it. One of um, the things that I encourage people to do that I do myself is to actually what I would call prosecute the falsehoods. Mm. So if there's a lie, like we need to actually name the thing that we're struggling with and actually say, hey, this is not true about me. Hey, you are worthless because like that meeting did not go. Mm -hmm. And so you feel this, it's like, wait, hold on. Instead of just like moving on and trying to forget about it, what if we sit for a second Mm. and actually prosecute that falsehood? Like that's not, it's not true. Yes, Like it's just flat out not true. And so I would encourage anyone, man, get a journal and start writing about some Literally. of these things, but like write out what the actual falsehood is, what the lie is, what the false identity is and battle that with scripture, mm-hmm. which is uh, maybe the, you know, the next thing is once again, slow down, be with Jesus yeah. and actually embrace some of these things to marinate on these yeah. things. I heard a, there's a guy, um, John Tyson, who I, when he was talking about identity, he's a pastor from New York city. And he said, um, he said, "Hey, you have to marinate in the gospel, kind of like, uh, kind of like when you're cooking meat." He said, yes. "So if you try to slap marinade on meat at the last minute and then throw it onto the grill, uh, you know, you throw it on the grill and maybe burns on the outside and it's completely unchanged on the inside. Yes. And so when we're about ready to go into the fire yes. as ministry workers, we try to like slap a little gospel on and then go in." but we don't marinate in it, mm. we we leave unchanged. Our heart is unchanged. We maybe try to put it on the outside, but we haven't let it like seep into yes. the innermost. But 
when you have that marinade on and you just soak in it day in yeah. and day out for days, you know, you put that meat on the grill, it tastes a little better, you know, mm. it gets all the way to the core. And I think that we need to just be people who have some of these verses that you were talking about before, uh, Man, memorize those yeah. things. Yeah. Quote them back. Preach the gospel to yourself. Like yes. one of the most influential voices to our own heart yes. is what we're saying in our Come heads on. to ourselves. And so we need to have these things in our heads, in our hearts, and we need to keep coming back to them yes. over and over, over and over and over again. Like time and time again. And we just like, we need to spend time actually addressing our hearts on these things. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, don't turn ministry into an arena of, performance and praise to try to find your identity, yeah. right? And that's the danger. And uh, I love that you're saying marinate on these. It, it just doesn't happen by accident. Yep. No one who's listening, no one in our churches and our families is gonna drift into becoming more rooted in their identity in Christ. You're not gonna accidentally get there. You're gonna hear messages that tell you over and over and over again, this is what makes you a person of value and significance. Mm. And so we have got to discipline ourselves uh, to do the work. Uh, like you said, sit down. So uh, one of my favorite theologians, J.I. Packer, he, there's a gospel coalition that came out. I'm just gonna read six things he said about himself every day. Yeah. And uh, I love this. He said, I am a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. Every day is one day near to eternity. My savior is my brother. Every Christian is my brother too. And he was reminding himself of his citizenship in heaven, his role here on earth, uh, who he is as a son of God. And from that place, writing books, pastoring, um, and influencing others for Christ. So again, I just wanna encourage the ministry leaders, hey, you probably don't have this perfect. We're not <laughs> trying to beat you up. You are hearing from two people who are in process as pastors, uh, reminding us that our scorecard is not how big our ministries are growing and our greatest sermon that we've ever preached or the worst one last Sunday. Uh, we're trying to, again, allow the scriptures to shape and form how we see who we are and uh, how we do what we do. Mm. And so you're probably not hitting 100%. That's okay, neither are we. We wanna encourage you along the way to be taking captive those thoughts uh, and, and aligning uh, our views of self with what scripture would say of us. Mm. So uh, any resources you would encourage us to look up, Jared, if, if people are saying, I need more help with this, where could they go? Well, uh, the Bible is one place. Yep. I don't know if you've- Yeah, we heard. love the Bible. Okay, we yeah, love yeah, the Bible. Yeah, yeah. We're pro-Bible. Uh, no, uh, an incredibly uh, gospel-centered dude named Jerry Bridges. Yes. Uh, uh, who am I? He has yes. a little, it's an amazing resource. Yes. Anything else that you would steer people to? Tim Keller's our guy. We both are Tim Keller yep. nerds. So we, uh, on YouTube, if you don't want to pay for a book, you can just Google Tim Keller, our identity. And he has an amazing little short talk. We'll just walk you through this too. So great resources out there if you're looking to grow in your identity in Christ. Again, thank you City Light family for tuning in. It's always a pleasure and a joy to walk with you. We hope you find yourself equipped and encouraged for all the work that God has called you to. Thanks so much.